Hello and welcome to oh, a pants party after party. I am your host, Harrison Starr, joined as always by Ben Ross. Ben, how are you doing? These Hawks, man, you know, uh, people are making dumb Watergate and Nixon jokes. I just kind of think, you know, to be presidential about it. Nixon just helped drain the swamp and keep help kept uh, <laughs> uh, Penn State's record spotless, a perfect zero right. and five, and I'm just super happy. Yeah, I I think that the best place to start is the end because I think that the way this podcast would have gone had Nixon not returned an interception back, not just seventy one yards, but also to put the okie doke on Sean Clifford, the uh, replacement previously starter quarterback. Um, Truly, it was one of the amazing plays I've ever seen a a 300-pounder make. Normally, you see those runs, and they're hanging on by a thread at the 10-yard line, the the 5-yard line. Maybe someone's coming around to Leon Luddit, but... Man, he just finished that, and uh, yeah, we have, what, four more games left? Five if there's a bowl game and everything um, goes well. Uh, Enjoy it, because my God, um, uh, unless he plays for your team on Sundays, he's probably going to be a nightmare for you, because that that was just truly an enjoyable play in a way that I, I never envisioned him making. I figured he'd probably have an interception by by the end of the year, but not in that way. My God. I mean, yeah, when he first made the pick, I was, you know, I had one eye on the TV and one eye on the recap. I was writing, and I, when I first saw it, I kind of thought it was a linebacker who made the interception. And to find out it was Nixon was just an absolute delight. Um, and to go back to your point that I, I don't think, you know, even without the interception and, subsequent subsequent return i was still a what of one of the game but you know now a, a 20 point win feels way better than what would have been a 13 point or potentially even a seven or six point win had penn state gone on to score on that drive which is a total possibility you know clifford got really hot i mean i don't know if you even want to quantify it as i didn't have enough time to get hot he just had two passes go for long touchdowns um but then he looked like the Sean Clifford we've been seeing all year, the reason why he got benched. And uh, Nixon just really put a emphasis uh, on the ending of that game. And instead of talking, you know, instead of, you know, complaining about a win, uh, in a matter of time, we're celebrating it. Uh, you know, Kirk's first win over James Franklin, his uh, 100th to put him uh, on the top four behind – Hayes, Schembechler, and Stagg. I think that the order is correct uh, there for all-time wins. It'd be interesting to know how many games it took them all. To, uh, but that'll be Monday's blog. And for now, we just got to be happy with uh, you know winning record now, about 500. Yeah, I think after the Northwestern game, that was the second one. Like, just utter despair. And, and like, the the – frame of reference I've wanted from this team constantly is to push forward. And mm-hmm. outside of the, the Nixon uh, play, I think that the first half was, it would have been hard to script it a- any better. Um, 
they had uh, 24 points. Obviously, you would have preferred that field goal to be a touchdown, but it's what it is. Um, generally looked like the hammer in Penn State was the nail. Uh, and the running game was just absolutely clicking. Um, it, it was a very fun first half to watch. I think that Brian gave um, Petrus a lot of good throws for him to make. He missed a couple. Um, but ultimately, it, it's hard to score 24 points and be, be mad about that. Uh, and then to, to extend the lead within the first uh, half of the, the second half to 31-7, um, you know, it, it looked like that would have been, uh, if things had gone to plan, it, it would have been early Padilla time. Um, but, uh, that did not happen. And, you know, get it, getting the, the almost doubling up Penn state, uh, by the way that they did, um, really does just the trajectory to me is continuing, uh, the push forward. I thought even though the defense gave up, 21 points. I thought it was as good a performance as they had had um, this season, uh, forcing four turnovers, uh, the Nixon interception, Golston had an interception, uh, and then right place, right time with a couple of fumbles. Uh, we had five sacks. Yeah, I mean, that that's crazy. Um, Incredible. I, I, yeah. Uh, five different players, too. Oh, wow. That is a good stat, my friend. Yeah. That is a good stat. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, everything seems to be clicking and instead of ending with an ellipses, like we see so many Iowa games end, uh, this one ended with yeah. an exclamation point. And, and to me that, that is the takeaway as much as anything. Yeah. Um, you know, there were definitely some hiccups from, you know, Petrus fumbled the snap. Um, tough to look, you know, tough to blame there. Keith Duncan, I don't know how much of it is, you know, field position and how much of it is maybe it's a weird year. Um, what's going on in between the years? I'm not sure, but, you know, his, he's not the same Keith Duncan we saw last year. And, you know, fortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to be in a position of consequence, but it's just going to be something to keep an eye on moving forward. You know, there's always a possibility if he had another great year, he'd be going uh, to the NFL. Well, he still probably could after this year. It seems like he'll probably stick, stick around Iowa city for one more year as he can and should. And then this just really looked like, you know, a classic Phil Parker game, even with the two pretty big blown coverages, those didn't seem to be, those seem to be, you know, personnel, God, we hate to say it, execution type of stuff. Um, a couple of brain farts, really, from corners. And, you know, Nick Neiman, was this, did Jack Campbell play last week? I can't remember. Is this his first game of the year? No, Jack Campbell played played last game, but Neiman's on the field 100% of the time. Yeah, so Neiman had 17 total tackles. I can't remember an Iowa linebacker ever having that many. And then Campbell, I mean, the he, he had seven tackles uh, total, but he... He made his presence felt, you know, there are a couple of times where he he totally just uh, torpedoed um, Penn State's running back and uh, was on an island and just stopped him dead in his tracks. And then another on, an, on a sack, I think it was Golston uh, in the third or fourth quarter, where, whenever Golston got his sack, um, Neiman blew up the fullback, just absolutely decleated him. Or not Neiman, or not Neiman, rather Campbell decleated him to, to give Golston free pass. And it's really a team effort, you know. 
um, by everybody. And the offense, you know, we, the offensive line, they were talking about the offensive line clicking Linderbaum. He had that one uh, exchange snap and we actually had, it seems like some drama on the right side of the line, a little bit of the tackle position, but Lark Jackson, our special vegan boy, uh, played a really great game. You know, Iowa's entire left side of the line just really dominated uh, in a way that if you can get everything clicking, uh, get, even though Iowa seemed to prefer passing the right side, running on the left side seemed to be the flavor of the day. And um, when you're dominating just, you know, one even a small fascismo part of the game like that, it's pretty, pretty easy to uh, just take care of things. I want to know, though, Harrison, Joey Porter Jr. isn't the Joey Porter Jr., is he? For? Penn State. Penn State? Wait, yeah. is there a Joey? Wait, he would... from the Steelers? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Oh, I don't know. It may... Maybe he is? Uh, oh, yeah, he is. He yeah, definitely he is. is. He totally is. Oh, Wow. Good for him, I guess. Uh, That's crazy. But yeah, <laughs> I think you you mentioned a total team effort. Um, you look at the way that Iowa spread the ball around from a, a pass game perspective, two, four, six, eight guys got touches. Uh, I think Nico Regani probably had his best game of the year um, with four and 46 yards. And, and then in the run game, you saw the Wildcat was back. Uh, and then... Nakai Sargent, he um, kind of t- took over for Goodson towards the end. He ended up with over 100 yards, uh, 6.7 yards per carry. And and in a way, I, I think that he's really settled into that alternative flavor uh, running back that um, doesn't need to be great every game. And uh, being a little more incisive, a little more uh, downhill has maybe been to his benefit as the one B back versus Goodson being the dynamic one A back. Um, it, it seems like they've found maybe you would have wanted Goodson in on the fourth quarter if it was a super tight game, but ultimately it does seem like they found the right balance between the two uh, running backs, which um, as you mentioned, the the offensive line having maybe their best half of the season uh, in that first half, it it seems like it's just clicking. Um, it, at least it was in the first half, and it would have been nice for it to click for four quarters, but you don't score 41 points by um, sheer luck. Uh, so get, getting there was um, – no, not Iowa's third straight 40-point game. That would be crazy. Um, but certainly it's been a – you know, a little bit of an offensive explosion uh, over the last um, last three weeks. Each each game, they've gotten over thirty points offensive alone, um, and, and really, it's it really is kind of a testament to um, the stick to itiveness that we've come to expect from Kirk Ferentz teams. Uh, I know we were both really down three weeks ago. We talk about this all the time, but um, being able to flip the script like they have, I, I think it. It doesn't justify the first two losses, but it certainly eases it a little bit, uh, especially as we kind of look ahead to the rest of the schedule with Nebraska, um, Illinois maybe being good, who knows, and then closing with Wisconsin. I think that Iowa can continue to 
push forward. And really that's, that's all I want from this team the, the rest of the year. And um, we'll probably get into complaints uh, for, for our podcast on Monday, but right now it's difficult to um, really be mad with the state of things. When you look at it from a, a Penn state game basis, because winning for the first time in a decade, that is, I, I don't care what the circumstances are. You, you get that monkey off your back. And then in 2021, we have full stadiums again. Um, you're not playing against that. Uh, you don't have that as a kind of a mental, another mental hurdle. So I think it was really important um, for, you know, the team in a way not to carry past teams burdens um, by not being able to, to beat Penn state. So I think that um, a, a lot of good here, uh, in a way that, you know, it's always a roller coaster ride uh, when you're cheering on athletes who are between 18 and, in Tory Taylor's case, 23 years old. But uh, like I said, roller coaster ride. I love roller coasters. So how, how about that? My hands are in the air and my feet are on the ground, Harry. And, you know, <laughs> for better or for worse, we're strapped in for this ride for three more games. We don't really have a choice. You can't you can't stop mid ride, and that's just part of not just being an Iowa fan, being a any type of fan for anything. It doesn't even have to be sports. You just got to um, strap yourself in and really this tall to ride. There's nowhere you can go but up, and then down eventually. Yeah, I mean, as some some schools are finding out, and, and I'm thankful that Iowa is not one of them. Uh, something you wrote, something I brought up on Twitter. Uh, Rock bottom has a basement, and oh yeah, it, it feels good to. Well, Iowa isn't in the penthouse. That that goes to Northwestern mm-hmm. because they're the only team who can afford it. Um, nice. It, it, it's bottom. nice to be on one of those mid level floors. Uh, we have windows, which Where, you, know, you know is a win. We're we're too we're too blue collar, you know, to get the the penthouse key. But you know, we're very comfortable with our I don't know real estate well enough to make <clears throat> a crumbling comparison. Uh, a quaint two bedroom, one bath. Yeah, um, I was just I was just gonna walk up of some sort, you know, nice little townhome <clears throat> in a decent part of town. It's not one of those railroad houses or whatever. I think that's what they're called, where you have to walk through one bedroom to get to another. We're not living like that quite yet. But uh, oh, that, that's how my room was, uh, junior <laughs> senior year of college. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man! Uh, so I, I think that um, a- any final takeaways before we uh, before we sign off here today, Ben? <clears throat> no, uh, I, I really don't think so, honestly. Uh, I don't have any problem with, you know, Sargent was playing great, go with a hot hand, as he mentioned. I don't have any problem with uh, Goodson getting five fewer touches. It's not like Goodson didn't, you know, get his opportunities in that game. Um, he was involved in the passing game a little bit too, not to great success, but he's still around there and uses a decoy from time to time. Um, I kind of like, you know, how I, I don't think we ran any jet sweeps of any, uh, of any sort, right? So not, you know, kind of being less predictable there. The Wildcat, when it was run, I thought it was run to great effect. Um, they didn't force anything at all. It felt like on offense. There are a couple of times where it did feel like we should have. It did feel like we abandoned the run, but at the end of the day, we still had just shy of two hundred yards rushing as a team. So, you know, the, these nits to pick don't wouldn't really hold up a court. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's kind of the the main takeaway. I mean, you take away Spencer Petrus from a 18 yards perspective, seven mm-hmm. carries, and and you're looking at roughly 40 carries, 190 yards. I mean, th- those are, as we say, those are winning numbers. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, big win. Uh, you know, if if we just we can't stop burping can from all the beer. Yeah, I know, right? All Iowa can do is uh, just keep winning, keep moving forward, and um, you know, uh, if you winning cures a lot, and it's fantastic to to see them continuing to to move forward and to continue to have fun. Um, I think that that's the maybe the the biggest takeaway for me. Nixon ending on an exclamation point. Um, there was talk of him during the week, just kind of being that emotional spark plug in practice and. You had hammered him as the the guy all season. Um, even the last two games, I've been a little down on him, but uh, back in a big way. And to me, that's really the main takeaway is just how how delightful Davion Nixon is. Um, just tremendous player, tremendous player. You know, uh, somebody said it might have been Thad or something in the Slack. You know, Shades of Claiborne on that pick six, and absolutely right, hundred percent. Look, you know, I, I think he's. As I mean, Nick said, or excuse me, Claiborne. You know, his 2009 season is mythologized. Um, Nick, I, I wish Nixon would have been able to play on such a stage right now, but he he's as good as any defensive lineman I've ever seen in an Iowa jersey. Yeah, I I think we'll talk about this a lot on on Monday. Um, but I, it's hard to see someone who has had a higher ceiling than him, including mm-hmm. Epinesa. Um, so yeah, like it just a lot, lot of fun and, and enjoy it while you can, uh, unless he's playing for your team on Sundays, it's, it's, uh, just three, four more games of, of Mr. Nixon and off to get a paycheck because that, that, that highlight reel is going to be shown a lot of times when they're breaking down his tape. Um, so for Ben Ross, I am Harrison Starr. Uh, this has been the Pants Party After Party. Go Hawks. Fuck State. Did they win today? What happened? Big. (laughs) Oh, my.